0: Hi, welcome to And It's Writing, a tipsy writing podcast for one of our mini episodes.
1: Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check our website at anditswriting.com.
0: I'm Amy Avery, writer of adult fantasy. I also self-publish under the pen name Avery Ames.
1: And I'm DC McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer.
0: So grab a drink, pop in your earbuds, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, so today we're going to talk about trunking a book, which is when you have to set a book aside.
1: (laughs) Throw it away. (laughs) Right in the trash.
0: Just kidding. It can be temporary or it can be permanent. And kind of how to decide when it's time to set a book aside.
1: (laughs) When it's time. How do we know when it's time? Well, I'm just going to like start off with my experience so like you know you all know, i write that first book right and then and then we send it out to agents right and then no one wants it because they think it sucks and then they're like okay well that happened to me and then I went back to writing that book after writing two other books so I went back to writing my first my first love and that's what I was supposed to be working on like right now mm-hmm. and for me I obviously me trunking that one was temporary yeah but for me It happens, at least it happened with this one, um, which was late in the process. So I'm sure you can have you'll have something else to talk about, like when you're Mm -hmm. early in the process, because I feel like that's a little different. But when I was late in the process with this book, it got to the point where I kept mixing the old version and the new version and I needed some time to, like, learn to love the new version. Wow. I I rewrote the storyline and it was just taking me a long time. So I think it took me like seven months and I was still on like chapter two and I was like, okay, it's time. I have to, (laughs) I have to put this down for a minute because it just wasn't moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that for me, when it's not moving forward, even if it's in like, whether it's in the early stages or the late stages, when it's not moving forward to me, that says I'm not in the mood (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I need to just tuck it away for a second. Because if you're not in the mood to write something, then you're fucking not in the mood to write it. Like you got to write mm-hmm. something else. Write what's exciting. Yeah. That's my rule. Uh, so there. That's how I'm starting this episode.
0: <laughs> write what you want. Yeah. To an extent. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I have the experience of both temporarily trunking a novel and permanently. I have not permanently trunked a novel that went through more than one revision. But I have done a lot of like drafts where I've finished a full draft, looked at it, and gone, "This isn't it." Um, specifically, nanorimo yeah. projects. I'll write them, yes. I'll draft them in nanorimo, I'll draft the whole thing, and then a couple times I've been like, "Okay, this has promise." I'll do my rewrite of like a, a draft that makes sense, and then look at it, and I go. This requires a lot of developmental editing and I don't, well, like you said, it's the exciting thing. It's like, I don't feel invested enough in this project to put in the amount of effort it's going to need. Yep. And sometimes you look at a project and you're like, no, I love this. I'm willing to do the work. Um, and those are the projects that stick. And then sometimes you set aside. And one of them is kind of a neat idea. Like, I like the concept and I'm like, I may revisit you someday, mm-hmm. but not today, And then I have I have a book that's temporarily trunked. That is one we've kind of talked about recently that I'm turning into probably a novella if I can. Mm -hmm. And it was a novel that I would I would write it and then set it aside and not know what to do with it because it was a weird length. It was like between novel and novella. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. Do I flesh it out? Do I cut it down? I'll put, put it aside for now. And then like a year or two later, I'd come back to it. And then a year or two later. So sometimes there are the projects that you try to trunk and they just keep like poking you and you can't quit them. See, that's
1: that's when I know that it's time to take it out of the box and and, and finish it. Like when it keeps poking like that, it's like, hello, I'm still here. <laughs> it's like, hi. That to me is the sign that it needs to get done. That's what happened to me with the, the book that I got my agent with. Mm-hmm. I was working on it off and on. Um at between trunking it and working on it because I was like ah, oh, you know this is a dystopia I don't know if I really want to write this but like boy if in my downtime it didn't just keep sneaking up on me like mm-hmm. just work on me you want to work on me instead of play video games yes you do <laughs> and I was like oh boy and then that's how I decided to start working on that one so like that's a really good sign that It needs to be picked back up Mm -hmm. because you
0: can't put it fucking down, you know? And that's a good sign when you want to do it instead of your non-writing hobbies, especially. Yeah. When you're like, I have time off. I can do whatever I want. I can watch a movie. I can like bake some cookies. I can do whatever my other hobby is. And your book's like, I want you to work on me. If
1: you have a book that is doing that to you and you are working on a different project, oh my God, switch the book because I tell you what, like, I, when I went back to Birds, uh, you know, after tr- trunking it and trunking it, trunking it, and untrunking because I was like, oh, I'm not going to do this because it's dystopian. It be people don't want that right now. And I worked on it, and it was so good that I got my agent. <laughs> and I didn't even have to query for one like, you know, like it's it's a good sign. It means that the characters are speaking to you. It means that you're having fun. You know, for me, that's what I wish all my books did. And when, mm-hmm. when I'm not having that feeling, I get mad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm glad you picked up that other one mm-hmm. because, you know, we kept talking about it. We kept mm-hmm. talking about it for the course of three years. And, you know, I know this is about like how to decide when to trunk a book, but. You know, we can also talk about when to untrunk it mm-hmm. because that's a good sign. You should untrunk yeah.
0: it. <laughs> well, and I have the experience of not trunking a book when I probably maybe should have, which is, and I'm still proud of it. But they are my self-published books now. This is not a dig at all. Self-publishing is entirely valid. I'm beginning to realize it's not for me mm-hmm. because it is a lot more work. You have a lot more cre- a lot more creative control. Uh, but it is more work. And I'm realizing I just don't have the time or the spoons for that amount of work. Yeah. But I am committed to self-publishing this trilogy now. And part of the reason I did trunk it, which is something I want to talk about, uh, or I should have trunked it, but instead self-published it. And that was, those were my options, was because I was querying it at a time... It was right at the height of Sarah J. Moss and Holly Black's popularity and it was a book about Faye. And there were a ton of like manuscript wish lists from agents that were specifically like, I do not want fairies. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I can trunk this or I can self-publish it because right now nobody wants it. But the thing is, all of these patterns of like trends of like this thing is out right now, dystopia is out, vampires are out. Um, they're all cyclical. So that may be the sign if you decide that self-publishing is not a path you want to take, because honestly, a lot of things are evergreen in self-publishing that are not in traditional publishing, such as vampires, such as fairies. But traditional publishing goes through phases. And if there's something you write that is in a phase that's out at the moment, you have to decide, okay, there's, and you can try querying it, but if you don't get any nibbles, that's when you decide, do I trunk this for later? And that's one of the ones that I think would be a temporary be like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna trunk this until people are ready for vampires or dystopian yep. or whatever yep. again. And they will be because vampires are coming back. Dystopian's not quite yet. Yep, they always do. But it will be.
1: <laughs> yep,
0: yep. Not relating to
1: genre, you know, one of the things that I, I think there was a, um when I wrote my second book that I queried, there was a few different books that I had like drafted really quick. Like I had one I had worked on for NaNoWriMo mm-hmm. that I abandoned, but I'm not like I, I I looked at my life can this character hold my hand right now can this character teach me things about my life I'm currently living like can I learn things from it that will she challenge me will you know will is this a good fit for me right now Um, I know some people like uh, for instance had to abandon their dystopias during it was just not right for them at the time it wasn't about the industry it was like yeah. I really just don't want to deal with this right now like I don't want to think about it I don't want to think about illness I'm not going to write this illness related a book because this is too much Mm -hmm. and with this one in particular like I had just gotten over like a like a breakup and it was kind of like my vent book it it wasn't about a breakup but the character itself was sort of almost harnessing all of my anger her name was malice and like (laughs) she was she was sort of my angry character and I just didn't feel like writing and you know when I was trying to get over my breakup I was like you know I just don't really feel like writing an angry character right now so what I did instead was I you know, I put that away temporarily and I worked on a book full of cats in a in a very fairy tale setting. Like it was very it was really humorous for me. It was exciting. It was something to pick up my spirits. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll trunk a book just because it's not great for my mood. Yeah. <laughs> or it's not gonna, you know, it's not it's not for me at the time. I think it's okay to think about yourself too. Yeah. Rather than just the industry. Like, because I think that when we write good, when we write in the right mood. And we're writing the right genre in the right mood. It can really bring a lot more to the page, you know, than maybe the one that you should 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 trunk.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, you don't want your book making you sad.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I had a couple of things like that where like I didn't quite get to the point where I was writing them. But ideas that I kind of trunked for later for the same reason, especially during like lockdown and like the worst of the pandemic and everything. It was just like, this idea is a little dark for me right now. I just, I am not in the headspace for it. And so you can trunk like an idea for later too. And some of those are also because the idea is not either. It's not for you at the time because of yeah, mood, mental health, whatever. But it can also be that like you have an idea. It's mostly there, but it's not fully baked yet. And that's the other temporary trunk is like, okay, you're starting to percolate but I don't Mm -hmm. have all the pieces yet and that's something that actually V.E. Schwab talks about with The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue and has talked about in interviews about having this like burner system of books like you've got your back burners and your front burners and if you have a book that's got like some ideas Mm -hmm. but not all the ideas you're putting it on the back burner and you're letting it simmer and as you like find the onions you're putting in onions and as you find the garlic you're putting in garlic until it becomes soup (laughs) Yep.
1: Yep. I love that analogy. That's what I'm doing with my first book. You know, that that mm-hmm. one that I mentioned at the very start that I, that's what I'm doing now with it. Like, I, I am just coming up with ideas. I, I stick them in a document. I, I save them for later. And then when I go to write that book, it's all going to be there. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was just too much at the time. I was like, wow, like months to figure these concepts out. The magic system, you know, the plot, like, mm-hmm. why not work on something else while you figure that out in your head? You know, like, as mm-hmm. if you're working on something that you know is going to take a long time to figure out, give yourself time to figure it out. Work on something simple in the meantime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah. I love that V.E. Schwab said that. I, that's great. That's mm-hmm. great.
0: Okay, we've got a few minutes left. We want to get a little serious and talk about when querying or submission you should decide to take a break from a book. And I think with querying and submission, your book is done, it's it's ready to go. And I don't think it's ever really a permanent trunk, but when should you decide to like move on for now and put that book in your back pocket? Because that's probably what I should have done.
1: A, a wise man once told me, uh, Lawrence M. Shane, <laughs> that's the author who wrote Barsk, uh, The Elephant Graveyard, when I asked him, you know, when do I stop querying this book? He said, you stop when you run out of agents that you like. Yeah. He's like, I know it sucks because some people only like seven agents. Some people like 20. Some people mm-hmm. are okay with a hundred. That's fine. For me, I was okay with a hundred, but he was like, I ended up with a bad agent my first time and I queried like 70 agents and I I wish that I wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. you know, like he said, he just didn't like his first agent. And he and he said that there's just so many out there, especially new ones and stuff that you can't quite be sure about. Some people are OK with working with the new ones, but mm-hmm. some people want one that's vetted. And if you want one that's vetted and, and you want one that has been around for a long time, go ahead and be picky. You know, he mm-hmm. he told me, you know, be picky. It's It's OK. And you know what? If it, if it doesn't happen and you just write another book, like if you only want to query 15 agents, because those are the only agents you trust, those are the only agents with history stop, like, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you're uncomfortable. And then if, and then if you decide to start again, start again, if you Mm -hmm. stop at 15 for a while, that means in four months, if there's 15 new ones, you can query again. Like that book's not going anywhere. It's sitting on your computer. And if you just want to give up and you don't feel like it anymore, let it go. Like, like, let it go. Life is short. He is so he is such a wise man, uh, that man. And he's like, don't stress yourself out. Like, take breaks. If you think you want to let something go, don't don't hit yourself over the head with, oh, like it took me so much time to write this book, and like, oh my god, I gotta keep querying it. No, you don't. Like, you can Mm -hmm. you can be done. It's okay, (laughs) you know, it's
0: okay. Yeah. And if you do run out of agents for that book that you that you like that you want to work with, it really doesn't hurt to have a book in your back pocket. Because then later, when you write another book, which I know is like intimidating if you've just written your first book to be like, oh, when you do your next one. But trust me, each one does get easier. It's still hard, but it's easier. (laughs) Um, But once you, you know, get your agent, if you have book, uh, a book or books in your back pocket, that helps because then they can either angle for a multi-book deal when they're selling your book. Or you've got something ready to go when it's time to option your next book instead of scrambling to write something. Right, right. (laughs) For your book, too. So it never hurts to have that like book just kind of in the wings, like ready to go. I forget what the like the baseball metaphor is the dugout. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it never hurts to have one in your back pocket. Yeah. I think once you've exhausted the people you really want to work with, don't query people that you don't want to work with because yeah like you said a bad agent is worse than no agent and you can always temporarily trunk something and bring it back out later for any reason yep and you know it's not like
1: querying 70 agents and getting one eventually at 71 is going to make your stories your book's life any quicker to the punch it really Mm -hmm. doesn't like guys i have an agent and she is one of the best and i still have a long lot of waiting to do Mm -hmm. you know it it's not a race that it's not it's nope. take breaks it's not a race and i can tell you what even when you get to the finish line there's a whole other finish line that's like
0: <laughs> two miles
1: a fucking way and you're just like oh my <sighs> god <Just> yeah <laughs> keep writing
0: <laughs> we'll have another episode on like moving goalposts at some point <laughs> yeah right right we need that yeah i think that's all i've got to say yeah, I think that's all I have to say, too. I think we've we've kind of covered all our bases here, to go back to our yeah. baseball metaphor for some weird reason. <laughs> I don't know why I got stuck on this metaphor. <laughs> Fucking baseball! I don't know. Okay, but yeah, I think that's it for me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check out our website at anditswriting.com.
1: And a reminder that if you heard anything in the episode that interested you, please check out the show notes for links and information.